Again, it's wonderful to have you this morning. We're going to be in Judges chapter 19. Uh, Judges chapter 19. Um, don't forget the, our schedule's a little different today. Uh, morning is going to be uh, uh, the same. You don't have to worry about it. You're already here. Uh, but tonight is going to be at 5 o'clock instead of 6 o'clock, okay? Uh, it's Christmas Eve, and, and uh, we know a lot of folks have family traditions and so forth, but it's still Sunday, and uh, so we wanted to meet in the Lord's house. We have a lot of special music. Uh, we're, we're hoping the service can be, be contained about an hour or so. What a great way to, to uh, really spend our Christmas season, get ready by being in church the night before we celebrate the Savior's birth. So please come back um, and be ready to greet folks. It, it, it will have these big bright white lights out and we'll just have the uh, other lights on in here, uh, the ambiance type thing. Uh, but be, be mindful, there might be a lot of guests with us and go out of your way to, to make them feel a com- a comfortable and accommodated. Uh, that'll be a blessing. We could use a couple more ladies to help in the nursery tonight. Uh, so ladies, if you could help with that, uh, please let us know. Uh, and that in itself would be a tremendous blessing. Did you find Judges chapter 19? We're looking at these final chapters of the book of Judges. And this book has a tendency to sort of have a darker uh, message and tone to it. Uh, it's always hard when you, you see folks who know better, but they don't do better. And they never learn from their mistakes. And that would pretty much describe the nation of Israel. Uh, this is included in the Bible. First Corinthians 10 said, now all these things happen unto them for in samples to us. Uh, how many have ever known what to do, but did the opposite? Anybody here ever like that? Okay, how many even after that messed up uh, did it again? Okay, we have a tendency to get very judgmental. If I was those people, I never would. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're all cut from the same cloth, whether we like to admit it or not. But it is put in the Bible for us to understand. The last four or five chapters of Judges give us two separate illustrations from this time period. We're not sure exactly where they fit in We think that the first one regarding the young Levite who went to Micah, remember he had a house of idols and and this young man became a priest to him and and went off to the tribe of Dan and led an entire tribe of Israel into idolatry from which they never really got out of until the the captivity of Assyria. Um, And uh, so we think that might have happened early on in the book of Judges, we can't pinpoint with exacting uh, 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 accuracy on that. The last story uh, that we started last week, uh, we're not sure where it fits, probably somewhere in the middle, because by the time the book First Samuel comes along, uh, the tribe of Benjamin had rebuilt itself, uh, and it would be from that tribe that God would call Israel's first king. So uh, here's, here's sort of the, uh, uh, the, the backstory where we were last week. We met another Levite, a man from Bethlehem, Judah. That's where the one was in the previous account uh, given in chapter 17 and 18. This, this was a good guy. Um, he, he, we, don't, we don't see anything negative about him. He was not an idolater um, uh, and so forth. And the Bible says that he took a concubine and we discussed that issue. We don't have those today. A concubine, that was, she was not a harlot. 
Um, she had a legal relationship with the man, but it was different than that of the, the wife in that mostly the, the child of a concubine could not inherit. Uh, the, the leadership of the family could not be heir, for example, to the throne, uh, you know, that type of thing. And so this man had a concubine. We learned in verse two, she played the, the whore against him, went away from him under her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah, and was there for whole months. So that relationship, she broke it. Uh, she was immoral. She did wrong. She ran back home to her parents. Four months went by. The husband went in verse number three uh, to speak friendly to her. Uh, this man had a good heart. He had a forgiving heart. He had a merciful heart. Uh, and his, his desire was to bring her back, restore that relationship. What a beautiful picture there. Uh, aren't we taught in Galatians chapter 6, brethren, if one of you be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, what are we supposed to do? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. Um, that young man, this Levite, did not have that verse. We do. Uh, but that was certainly his heart. And when the father saw uh, this young man come back, he rejoiced. He didn't want to see his daughter in this situation. Um, they stayed there for about three days. And the young man, we learned, he got up on the fourth day and wanted to leave. And the father said, hey, let's make breakfast. Let's, and, and they started enjoying the company and so forth. The day went by and the, and the father-in-law said, ah, just spend the night. Uh, what's another day? So they did that. The next day, get up, ready to leave and did the same thing. And, and I sort of understand that. Uh, I have two children that now that live a long way away for a while. Uh, we had one in Michigan, upstate Michigan. We had one in Wisconsin, and we had one in Germany. And Trina, I said, you know, we always prayed that our kids would be in God's will. She, we should have prayed that God's will was closer. Um, but when they came to visit, it was never long enough. How many know that feeling? Just never long, especially when grandkids came along. Uh, you know, it, good, good to see uh, Dylan and Sarah. Uh, that, that's fine, but we really want to spend time with Jack, Finn, and Rat. You know, that type of thing. Um, and so that went on, and they finally got up again uh, on the last day, and uh, they, they started the same process over again. But this time, uh, the Levite just realized, I, I can't stay here. I need to get back home. Uh, he had other family there. He had responsibilities there. What was the main job outside of service in the tabernacle that the Levites fulfilled in those days, biblically? Anybody remember? We went over this last week. Yeah, they were to teach the Bible to everybody. That's why uh, the Levites didn't get one ch uh, chunk of land uh, that was called the tribe of Levi. They were scattered all through the nation of Israel so that everybody would have a Bible teacher close by. And this man, were, he was in Mount Ephraim, and he needed to get home. And so they rose up, verse number 10. Uh, but the man would not tarry that night, but he rose up, departed, and came over against Jebus, which is Jerusalem, and uh, there were with him two asses saddled. His concubine also was with him. And when they were by Jebus, the day was far spent. And the servant said unto his master, come, I pray thee, let us turn into this city of the Jebusites and lodge in it. The Jebusites were one group of people that Israel didn't remove from the land like God told them. Remember when Brother Tim was teaching us early on, um, they, they conquered, if you will, the land. They're supposed to destroy and drive out all the inhabitants, but uh, they just found it easier to let a lot of people stay. And what was one of the things they did to the Canaanites whom they left in the land? 
Yeah, they had them pay taxes. They saw them as a source of revenue. Um, bad idea. Well, Jebus, which would later uh, be conquered by David and become the capital of Israel, Jerusalem, was a Canaanite city, okay, even in that time. Um, and so one of his servants said, look, it's, it's nighttime. It, the day's gone. Uh, let's just go in here and stay. Staying inside a city when you're traveling was important. Why? Safety, okay? Uh, just, just a very safe thing. Most cities had walls about them. Jebus was built up on a hillside, up on a mountain, literally. Um, and uh, uh, so it was well protected. They'd be safe uh, and so forth. But his master, verse 12, said unto him, we will not turn aside hither into the city of a stranger that is not of the children of Israel. We will pass over to Gibeah. He said, no, we're not going to stay here, not, not, not to a city run by Canaanites. Why do you suppose he said that? Why, why do you suppose he wasn't going to stay there? They weren't godly, George. They're supposed to be separate from them. Okay, anything else? You never, the, the Jebusites operated under a different set of laws and different morals and different codes. Um, this, this Levite, uh, who doesn't have a name, he's not given to us, um, is, is going in uh, with, with the, the mindset, we go in there, we have no idea what these people are like. We have no idea what influences are there. We might be safer out here than we are in there. Because we're Jewish people, they're Canaanites, they may already resent us uh, because we conquered the land. You know, a lot of valid reasoning. And uh, so the man said, we're going to go to uh, Gibeah or Ramah. Uh, Gibeah would be where Saul uh, would rule as, as king for a while. Ramah would be the, the, where Samuel came from and where, uh, as, a, as an adult, he lived and uh, conducted his ministry out of that place. They were Jewish cities. Uh, why, did, why did he want to go to Ramah or Gibeah? Why do you think that was important to him? Any thoughts? We know why he doesn't want to go to Jebus. The Canaanites are there, and, and we, you know, kind of just touched on some of the possible dangers. Ken? He'd be welcome there. They're his people. They're Jewish people. He's expecting, well, they, they love the Lord. They obey the Bible. Uh, we're going to be safe there. We don't have anything to worry about. By the way, the, the, uh, the unsaved world ought to know that they can trust us and they can depend on us. Uh, we, we ought to have a, a testimony of such. Uh, so they passed on, verse 14, went their way, and the sun went down upon them when they were by Gibeah, which belongeth to Benjamin. So they're traveling northward. They're now in the area uh, uh, controlled by the tribe of Benjamin. They go to Gibeah and enter the city, and the sun is down, darkness has fallen, they made it. Picking up in verse 15 now, they turned aside thither to go in and to lodge in Gibeah. And when he went in, he sat him down in a street of the city, for there was no man that took them into his house to lodging. Hospitality was and is a big deal in the Middle East. It, it, it really is. I know there's a lot of hostility, hostilities that go on there. Um, but but uh, one on one, they they have some uh, very very high standards. One thing was is you never ever held with uh, withheld water from anybody. If somebody was thirsty, you gave it to them whether you knew them or not. Um, if somebody needed help, you helped them because if you didn't, it was an insult to your your family's name, to your own character. Remember, Jesus told the story of the good Samaritan, 
And there was a, a man that fell prey to robbers uh, along a highway. They beat him up, left him for dead. Um, and the priest went by and saw him and just crossed the street, went by on the other side. And a Levite did the same thing. And finally, a Samaritan who has no dealings with Jewish people saw the man, reached out, went over to him, bound up his wounds, put him on his animal, took him to a, an inn, paid for his keep, and said, if it takes longer for him to heal up, uh, let me know when I come back through and I'll take care of the bill and so forth. And uh, Jesus told that story in answer to the question, so who's my neighbor? Uh, and so forth. That was not just, that's not just a teaching of Christ for us. Uh, that was very uh, common teaching in, in the Middle East and so forth. Um, but when the man walked into Gibeah, uh, the sun was setting, most everybody had gone home. When he walked through those gates, remember the gates where they did business, they practiced their law, all of those things, everybody would have gone home for the night. Um, the windows would be shuttered, the doors would be shut, everybody would be in. Um, you know, they didn't have electric lights and, and things like that, and, they, you know, they weren't going to sit up all night long watching TV and binge-watching stuff. You know, it was, it was time to rest from a long, long day because you got up at the crack of dawn and started all over again. Um, and so forth. So when he walked in, there was nobody there to say, hey, you're, you're a stranger. Uh, what, what tribe are you from? Uh, oh, you're a Levite, uh, and so forth. And to say, why don't you come stay in my house? So this man decided, well, we'll just stay in the streets. We'll camp out here. Verse 16, behold, there came an old man from his work out of the field at even, which was also of Mount Ephraim. And he sojourned in Gibeah, but the men of the place were Benjamites. So this older man came and uh, he was staying in Gibeah for some reason. Uh, he apparently had a home inside the city. He had a fields and maybe some property outside. And uh, as an older person, I don't know about you, I don't walk as fast as I used to. Anybody notice that? I don't do anything as fast as I used to. Uh, he's out working in the fields. So normally people would be in inside the city you know, before dark uh, for safety reasons. But he came in after this man and his concubine and his servants and so forth did. Um, and he just happened to be from the same place as the, as the Levite. And when he had lifted up his eyes, he saw a wayfaring man in the street of the city. And the old man said, whither goest thou and whence comest thou? And he said, we are passing from Bethlehem, Judah, toward the side of Mount Ephraim, from thence am I, I, that's where I'm from, and I went to Bethlehem, Judah, but now I'm going to the house of the Lord. That would be Shiloh, that would be on the way. There is no man that receiveth me to house, yet there is both straw and provender for our asses. There is bread and wine also for me, for thy handmaid and for the young man, which is with thy servants. There is no want of anything. He said, we, we don't want to be a burden to anybody. Uh, we've got food and everything that our animals need. We got food for ourselves. So all, you know, we, we don't really need any of that. Just maybe a, a safe place, a nice place to sleep, dry place type thing. The old man said, peace be with thee. Howsoever let all thy wants lie upon me. Only lodge not in the street. So he brought him into his house, gave provender unto the asses and they washed their feet and did eat and drink. Now this story ended here. This would be a bright spot, wouldn't it? Uh, here is, uh, here's a, here's a Levite, uh, who, who's got some, some mercy and grace in his heart. He has been wronged, uh, but he's the one reaching out and speaking friendly and, and rebuilding that relationship. Uh, we also see in that same Levite, there's a, there's a sense of separation in his mind. 
Uh, I, I shouldn't be hanging out in the ungodly place. I, I, I want to go someplace where they love the Lord and, and so forth. And you see an old man uh, that is uh, expressing his hospitality. And, and he's, he's not, you know, the young man has all that he needs, but the old man said, no, 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 no. He said, you're my guest. Uh, I'm going to feed you. Uh, and, and, and we're going to take care of you. And he's fulfilling the role of a good Samaritan, isn't he? Uh, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself was part of Mosaic law. And this, this man's fulfilling it. In a time when every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes, <laughs> this looks pretty good, doesn't it? Um, this is the last bright, bright spot in the story. From here, it spirals into a darkness that you and I just have, will have a hard time comprehending. Verse 22. Now as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of whom? Belial. What's another name for Belial? Satan. Uh, we are Christians. We are called the sons of God. We are spiritually born of him, right? But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. Well, these individuals in the city of Gibeah are sons of Belial. Question, should they have been? Why? It's a Jewish city. Um, these are supposed to be God's people. But these are people that are Jewish by blood, uh, Jewish by location, locale where they live, but in their hearts. In their hearts, it's not there. And uh, they, are, they are men who have set aside the word of God. And here's a, here's a young Levite and his, his, his uh, bride and his servant walked into this city expecting to find godliness. And what they find are sons of Belial. The Bible says they beset the house roundabout. They just surrounded this house and beat at the door. Um, I've had people knock on my door. I've had people knock on my door late at night, but I can't say I've ever had anybody beat on my door. This goes beyond the, hey, anybody home? Hey, just stop by to see you. They are, I mean, they're beating on this door. This, this lets you know right now, uh, th this is about violence. Th this, is about, this is about threat. Uh, this is not a good thing at all. They beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house that we may know him. Now think about it. Think about this story. Does this sound familiar? Those of you know your Bibles. Let's go to Genesis 19 for a moment. Genesis 19. This is when the angels came to Lot. He lived in the city of Sodom. And uh, they, they, uh, he found them. Look at, uh, we're just going to start in verse 1. There came two angels to Sodom at even. And uh, Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed him, uh, himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet. You shall rise up early and go on your way. So he's showing the hospitality. He's doing what he should. By the way, there was no law given yet. Uh, the law of Moses is hundred, hundreds of years away. This was the custom of, of the age uh, and so forth. And so Lot's doing the right thing. And they said, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. 
He, he just urged them. He was not letting them go. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, I believe it's because Lot knew what the city of Sodom was like at night. And he didn't want them out there. They turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread. And they did eat. But before they laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. They called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Exact same phrase that was used in Gibeah hundreds of years later by the men of Benjamin. The people of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. That's what the Bible says. The men of Benjamin were supposedly the people of God. But here we find that, that these men are sons of Belial, and they are walking in the footsteps of the Sodomites. Um, and that phrase, bring them out unto us that we may know them, doesn't mean we want to get acquainted. It's not fair that you get to, to know them and entertain them. Uh, it, it means we want, we want to molest them. Um, I, I heard some liberal sodomite supposed preacher. He was a sodomite and a preacher. He went to this and he said their sin was not anything immoral. Uh, none of that. They were just overly friendly. So God killed people for being friendly. Well, I don't have any worry about that. I don't like people. So uh, we're, can you, come on. Um, why do, why do you think, uh, even throughout the Bible, that one particular sin is called sodomy, even unto this day? Even in our, our laws and our, our record books, it's, it's called the sin of sodomy. It comes from that city. Going back now to Judges 19, here in the place where he should have encountered godliness, he's, in, he's encountered the sons of Belial um, and, and so forth. And they've, they've, uh, they're, they're beating on the, the side of the house and all of that. Uh, verse 23, the man, the master of the house, went unto them and said unto them, Nay, my brethren, nay, I pray you, do not so wickedly, seeing that this man has come into mine house, do not this folly. When you brought somebody in, you became responsible for them. If anything negative happened to them, you were responsible for that. And this older man, uh, sensing the danger to perhaps his own family, uh, he could have just—he could have just told these people, "Look, I, this is this is too risky. I need you out of my house." But this man willing to stand up to the crowd, Amen. Stand up for that which was right and said, uh, "He's come into my house. Don't do this folly." Um, and then he did this kind of a similar thing that Lot did. This is one of those parts of, of this story that I don't get. Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Them will I bring out now and humble ye them. and Do with them what seemeth good unto you, but unto this man do not so vile a thing. Um, whom did Lot offer to the men? He offered it. He said, I've got daughters here. Can you imagine being one of those girls? We know there were two of them unmarried that lived in his house. And they're listening to their dad say, take my daughters. Do whatever you want. Anybody here have daughters? I'm going to have daughters. Could you have done that? Ain't no way. Um, it's, it's, uh, no, no, you're, you're, you, you won't get them unless you pry my gun, my knife, my prosthesis out of my cold, dead fingers. I'll beat you with my leg. Um, that's, the, that's the way we would do. To be honest, I don't understand Lot doing it, and I don't understand this old man being willing to do that. Like I said, this is where the story takes this, this terrible, terrible dark turn but what was the, the thing that God kept saying about this time period? 
um, about how people made decisions. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. So here's the old man standing up for right, and uh, the and uh, but but now he's making this offer for both his daughter and this man's concubine. He has neither one of them. <laughs> you you want to go to the party? Uh, there there was none of that. Um, verse twenty two. But the men would not hearken to him. And here's where it turns darker. Uh, so the man took his concubine. Was this the old man or the Levite? It's the Levite. Took his concubine. Remember, he's traveled back to Bethlehem. Uh, they've been separated for four months. He loved her enough to go back, speak friendly to her. He was merciful to her. He wanted her back. Um, and now he takes his concubine, brought her forth unto them, and they knew her and abused her all the night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. He just, he just shoves her out the door. And these animals abused her all night long. If you watch some of the footage from October 7th and the animalistic barbarism of Hamas and what they did, there were precious young ladies that died from that abuse. And then they dragged their bodies through the streets of Gaza and the common people were out there spitting on them and all kinds of other atrocities. There's nothing new under the sun, is there? Uh, it, sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Again, I don't understand the old man making the offer. I don't understand the Levite uh, doing it. I, I, I don't get it. And I'm not, I, I'm not sure I'm supposed to other than for me to be careful that I keep my heart right with God because you have no idea how far sin will take you. You have no idea once you start hardening your heart in any area where that hardness is going to lead you. Then came the woman, verse 26, in the dawning of the day. Can you imagine this poor lady? The Bible says she fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was late. Dawning of the day, it's five, between five, six o'clock in the morning, the sun's coming up. She's lived a nightmare. She's, she's beaten probably beyond recognition. I don't know how she got back. She's in a strange city. It's sadly, nobody offered to help her. I'm sure there were screams in the night, but nobody was, nobody was coming out. Nobody cared. And she came and, uh, to the door of the man's house, verse 27. Her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house. This is the Levite. And went out to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house. Her hands were upon the threshold. She just kind of lay in there. She got that far. Um, and we know she died. He said unto her, up and let us be going. Seriously? Come on, get up. Let's go. Um, I, I don't know what happened in his heart. I, I, I don't know if he decided, well, she deserved what she got, if she hadn't run away. I don't know. Isn't it amazing how we make excuses for our inhumanity to other people and our mistreatment of other people? Uh, again, I, I don't get it, uh, but none answered. Then the man took her up upon an ass. The man rose up and got him into his place. So he just loads her on his animal. She's dead. She's dead. And takes her back to, the, to Mount Ephraim. What a tragedy. What a, what a horror story. Uh, is there anybody besides me that really has a hard time wrapping your head around this one? I, I, really, I really don't get it. But before we, we, we act like it's really out of place, look at the world 
in which we're living now. Look, look at the bizarre, ungodly, immoral stuff. It goes on stage. Um, it, it recent music awards, I don't know if it was the Grammys or I don't know what they call them. They love to give themselves trophies and stuff like that. You know, one of the, one of the highlights of the things was, was this, this overweight guy in spandex dressed as Satan, uh, painted red, and, and so forth, singing a song praising Satan and all that. And all these, you know, headliners from the music industry and all that, you know, they're on their feet screaming and cheering and all of that kind of stuff. You know, there was a day network television wouldn't have even allowed that on there. Um, you know, sin when it is finished, bringeth forth what? Death, and it, it always leads to chaos. It always leads to destruction. So he brought her home, and if you think the story was dark, get ready. It's going to take another dark turn. When he was come home into his house, he took a knife and laid hold on his concubine and divided her together with her bones into 12 pieces and sent her into all the coasts of Israel. There were 12 tribes of Israel. He cut up this woman, he cut up her body into 12 pieces and sent them out so that the people of Judah got part and the people of Manasseh and the people of Gad got part and the people of Dan got part and so on and so forth. And um, I, I've got some things in the mail that surprised me. Um, you know, that's something I, I've never gotten anything like this. Tim and I were talking uh, when we started the church in Jeanette, we had a, an individual that came for a little while and and he had some issues and uh, so forth. And, uh, you know, you, know you, you, you kind of attract all types of people, and that's all right. Uh, you try to love them right where they're at and so forth. But one Wednesday night, we come into church, and this man had left a toilet seat and an empty uh, booze bottle uh, in front of the church with my name on it and said, happy birthday or happy new year. What, it was the wrong time of the year or anything, and he put that there. We never figured out why. It was like, well, welcome to church, you know? Uh, but I've, I've never gotten anything as bizarre as this. Uh, a grievous crime has been committed by the men of Gibeah, um, a crime that should not ever have been named amongst the people of God. Um, do you know that God holds us to a higher standard and the unsaved world holds us to a higher standard? They really do. They're, they're, they're watching us all, all the time. Um, I, I live with the pressure. I, I go over to the, to the gym uh, twice a week because I train with Sam elsewhere. Uh, and usually it's just him and I or another trainer and, and that trainer's client. But when I, when I walk into the gym, uh, there might be a, a two or 300 people there working out at any given time. Uh, I, I'm the only amputee there that I'm aware of. So I sort of stand out for that. But most everybody knows who I am. They know what I do. Uh, I met a young man yesterday uh, from the Dominican Republic. He is a baseball player, uh, and he's here in the States, um, and uh, he, he was helping spot me on some heavier bench presses, and we got to talking, got to knowing each other a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping he's going to come visit us at church very soon, but that young man now knows who I am, okay? So when I'm there, I'm, I'm very, very self-conscious. I guard my eyes. Uh, there are things I ought not look at, I put headphones on and guard my ears. I guard my conversation. There have been a couple that come up and tried to just talk as crude to me as they do to anybody else. And uh, I shut them down and said, I'm not here for that. Uh, I'm a Christian. In, in one case, I finally said, I'm a Baptist preacher. I don't come here for that. And he didn't 
talk to me anymore. Um, and if that's what he wants to talk about, I'm okay with that. Uh, but, but, and so I, I, I've got this testimony. Do you understand you and I can, we can lose our testimony just like that. Uh, the men of Gibeah have done so uh, in a horrible way. And uh, the Levite did something. It's, it's not found anywhere in the law of God. He should, have, he should have buried his wife. He could have sent letters out. But I guess he's using the shock value. Um, and maybe in his, his grief and his devastation over what has happened, he's not thinking clearly. But all of a sudden, all over this nation of Israel, every one of the 12 tribes got one of these horrid packages there. Uh, it, it appears possibly a messenger came with it telling what was going on. Verse 30, it was so that all that saw it said, there was no such deed done nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Consider of it, take advice, and speak your minds. Um, this is why I believe it was more than just he sent like a leg over to Judah. Uh, that would have conveyed grotesqueness, but unless there was some type of a message to say, here's what happened to this individual, um, that's all it would have been. It was just this bizarre thing that, that, that came to them. Um, and everybody that saw the body part delivered, and that would have been gruesome and disgusting, uh, undoubtedly they were filled in on what happened. Um, and they said, there's been nothing ever happened in Israel. We've had our moments, but we've never seen this kind of behavior. This is the stuff of Sodom, but not the stuff of Israel. And, and, and what happened to this young lady is just beyond the pale. And so they, they end this chapter saying, consider of it. Take advice, speak your minds, think this thing through. We need to decide what we're going to do about this. And we're going to stop here uh, for the time being. Um, the children of Israel is going to take a course of action. And uh, it, it's uh, not necessarily a wrong course of action. Uh, sometimes the best thing to do is to, to wipe out. If somebody's got cancer, uh, you want to get all of it, am I right? And uh, sometimes surgery is necessary. Uh, sometimes you got to do the hard thing, and the children of Israel will do that. And so we're going to stop there. And from this point.